I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. What's good, everyone? Today, we're going to tackle the topic of calories head on. One of the main things we're going to do here is debunk the myth of calories in and calories out, which is a reductionist and very incomplete way of thinking about weight loss and thinking about food. And this is something that I'm very passionate about because one of the messages I really want to get across to you is that the secret to weight loss is to stop focusing on the weight. (laughs) And I know that sounds kind of funny, but when everything you eat is about whether or not you think it will make you gain or lose weight, this is one of the biggest reasons you're struggling with your weight. And this is also why you can lose the weight and still be struggling. If you don't understand food, if you don't understand how to nourish yourself, you won't be able to trust yourself to know how to feed yourself. And this can fuel all kinds of forms of fear-based eating and conscious eating and disordered eating at any weight. So the key really is to go from fixating on what you don't want and to start thinking in terms of what you do want. You need to be able to focus on creating health. But I understand that health is this invisible abstract thing and that's why we have to think through what our health actually means. So let's get into it. What is a calorie? We hear about calories all the time, right? This thing over here has zero calories. This other thing over there has low calories. You've got to burn calories. But what is a calorie really? Why do they matter? And how much of them do we really need? A calorie is a unit of energy. It's a way of describing how much energy your body could get from eating or drinking something. The body has no way of understanding what it's supposed to do with the energy budget you get from food without the involvement of hormones. There is no such thing as a calorie receptor. The body doesn't care about calories as much as it cares about what those hormones, those chemical messengers, are telling it to do with the calories that have been ingested. If we want to store the energy we get from what we eat on our bodies, and we do need fat on our bodies, We need hormones to tell the body to do that. Calories alone aren't what lead to fat storage. And we know this because the research shows this over and over again, specifically the research on insulin. It doesn't matter that you exercise or that you have bullish amounts of willpower. If you are prescribed insulin, you will gain weight. In fact, for type 1 diabetics, if they don't have enough insulin, They will lose weight regardless of the amount of calories they are ingesting. And this used to be very dangerous. Because before the 1920s when insulin was discovered, type 1 diabetes was usually a fatal disease. You would die because your body can hold on to weight. And we need weight and body fat in order to survive and to function properly. Now, it's important to know that we all have insulin. Insulin is that hormone that regulates our body's ability to hold on to weight, right? It's, it's the storage 
hormone. Insulin levels fluctuate throughout the day in response to the food that you eat. As soon as insulin goes up after you eat something, you're in storage mode, meaning your body isn't accessing the fat stores on your body. Instead, it's using the food you just ate as its primary source of fuel. Diet expert Dr. Jason Fung has this great analogy that makes this really easy to understand. When you eat, you fill up the refrigerator. If your body is hungry and it needs fuel, it's going to make a beeline for that refrigerator. It's not going to want to go get some food out of the freezer in the basement or the garage, i.e. the fat on your body, unless it really has to. So if you try to put more food in the fridge than the body knows what to do with or has use for, that overflow of food is going to get stored in the freezer. Makes sense, right? Okay, so the secret to burning fat off your body is putting the amount of food into the refrigerator that your body actually needs when it's physically hungry and not more, so that it doesn't have to store the surplus in the freezer. And I just want to emphasize the part where I just said that your body actually needs. Your body goes to the fridge to get nutrients. That's what it's looking for. That's what it needs to function. It's not about how many calories it needs. It's about the type of calories it needs. If you are eating foods that are nutrient poor, most of what you're eating is going to go right into the freezer because your body won't want to eat it. It won't have a use for it. And instead, it's going to ask you for more food, hoping that you're going to fill up the refrigerator with the foods that actually have those nutrients that it's looking for. If you keep putting foods in the refrigerator that are not nutrient dense, you're just going to keep repeating the cycle and you're going to think that you're hungrier than you actually are. You're going to eat some food, store fat, eat more food, store fat, and your body won't be accessing the fat stored in the freezer. It just keeps adding to it, so then you gain weight. This cycle is what throws our hunger hormones out of whack because our bodies actually have this natural intelligent design where they release hormones that regulate our appetite and let us know when it's time to eat. That's the hormone ghrelin. I always remember it because it's pronounced kind of like a stomach gurgle, right? Ghrelin. <laughs> and then there's a hormone that lets you know when you've had enough to eat, that lets you know when you're full. That's the hormone leptin. It leaps in to tell you when you've had enough to eat. If you're constantly ignoring what those hormones are telling you, you can develop something called leptin resistance, which is where you don't get that clear full signal anymore. So you feel like you're hungrier than you actually are or even starving. And you can also develop something called insulin resistance, which is the driving factor that leads to type 2 diabetes, gestational diabetes, and prediabetes. The right amount of food to be eating is based on the amount of nutrients your body needs to create health and function efficiently. It's about hormone balance, not caloric balance. There is such thing as eating too much of a good thing, granted, <laughs> but I don't think anyone has ever gotten fat by eating too much broccoli. If you think differently, find me that person and we shall talk, <laughs> okay? The problem is that people are eating too much of the wrong things in the wrong amounts. And so 
even if they're not in calorie deficit, they're in nutrient deficit, which imbalances their hormones and leads them to gain weight and struggle in even more important ways than with their weight, to struggle with their physical and mental health. Intellectually, I think we can all agree (laughs) that 500 calories of broccoli does not equal 500 calories of bonbons. We get that they are not the same nutritionally and that they won't have the same effect on our bodies. Yet so many people base themselves on the calorie count when it comes to whether or not they think they should consume something. But as I just pointed out, that doesn't tell you what your body actually ends up doing with the food that you eat. The other thing that's important besides putting the right foods into the refrigerator in the right amounts is that you have to be aware that there needs to be times in the day when that fridge is empty so that your body goes and uses what you've stored away in the freezer. When your body learns to use the fat on your body as fuel, this is what is known as being fat adapted. This is what we want. We want our bodies to be fat burning machines, right? (laughs) So the active involvement of hormones and not just involvement, hormones and specifically insulin are the cause of weight gain. They are regulating our weight. This is very clear in the scientific literature and maybe in your own personal experience, you have an underlying condition that affects your hormones and you've experienced this firsthand. But also when we look at obvious gender differences, we see that this is clear, right? It's very clear that men and women gain and lose weight differently. They also tend to store fat in different parts of their body. If you want to lose weight, you need to be focused on bringing those hormones back into balance. And calorie counting doesn't do this. I'm not saying people who calorie count don't lose weight. Many do. What I'm saying is that you can be losing weight, but because you're not properly addressing the underlying hormonal imbalances, you can be losing weight without necessarily getting into better overall health. On top of that, the idea that as long as you burn more calories than you consume, you will lose weight is simply dead wrong. You can't exercise your liver or your gut. So let's say you eat a diet like the standard American diet that's high in things like sugars and processed foods, and maybe you get leaky gut or fatty liver. Often people don't realize that they have these. And you have to ask yourself, how does exercise impact that? How does burning more calories impact that? It doesn't. It doesn't reverse the damage of improper nutrition. And so even in some elite athletes, Take, for example, Sammy Inkinen, who used to row his boat from LA to Hawaii and then went to the doctors and found out he had prediabetes, which, go figure, all those sugary sports goos and gels were having damaging effects on his health, even if he was physically fit. So it's shown that you can't out-exercise your diet. You can't just burn off the calories you ate from eating a box of cookies and think that that didn't have an effect on you and that it's out of your system. Food is information. Every single bite of food contains coded instructions that regulate your entire biology. 
those coded instructions are either programming, health, or disease. A lot of people like to talk about genetics and what runs in their families when it comes to medical conditions and their weight. And we know that that can play a role. But there's this saying in the scientific community that's backed by the research that genetics loads the gun, but the environment pulls the trigger. Right now, the entire medical model is slowly starting to be flipped on its head. And we're moving away from focusing on treating disease to creating health. And to create health, you have to understand the environment and the individual. If you focus solely on the disease or you fixate on the weight, you'll usually not see the cause. A doctor can prescribe a cortisone cream for something like eczema, but if the eczema is being caused by something in your diet or maybe an environmental toxin, you'll be fixing the problem instead of solving it. Do you get that difference? If you're fixing a problem, the effects will always be temporary. So food is information and food is also pharmacology. Foods are drug-like substances. They have an effect on your neurochemistry and your biochemistry. Many of our processed, highly palatable foods have been found to be addictive. They light up that bliss center in the brain like a Christmas tree. <laughs> they are hijacking our taste buds and our biology. And that's why even if we know so many of the foods we're eating are bad for us, we keep consuming them and we keep going back to them for more. It isn't a lack of willpower or self-control or some character defect that leads us to consume and overconsume these foods. Yes, we all have choices. But when we are under the drug-like influence of so many of these foods, or we're craving a hit of sugar, which, by the way, is more addictive than cocaine or heroin, <laughs> we have to understand that many of those choices get subsumed by the impulses of food addiction, and they stop feeling like choices. And that's why so many people feel so out of control around food. If you have trouble stopping yourself at just a handful of chips, and you keep finding yourself nomming through the entire bag, that isn't by accident. That's by design. Big Food spends millions and millions of dollars hiring food scientists whose job it is is to help them design these foods that maximally trigger that addictive reward pathway in the brain. They've created these frankenfoods <laughs> that are meant to be overconsumed. And so there are all these hidden sources of sugar and fat and you know unhealthy fats and salt. So a lot of the time, we aren't even aware of what we're truly eating. I mean, sugar has like 50-something different names hiding on food labels. And you might think I'm exaggerating, but even a serving of Prego tomato sauce has two teaspoons of sugar more than two Oreo cookies. Isn't that wild? You wouldn't even realize. Big Food has these huge coalitions who are focused on confusing your taste buds and confusing you and your brain on what to eat. Your brain is probably spazzing out a little as I'm talking about all of this information, like, ah, <laughs> what am I actually supposed to be eating? And I promise you, it's not as complicated as big food or your brain <laughs> is making it out to be. It can be really fun to approach your weight loss and your health like a science project to discover the foods that are going to work for you and your life and your weight loss. There is no one diet that like 
rules all of the diets. <laughs> it's very individualized and specific to you. That's why you need to approach it with some level of experimentation, but you can use the research that's been done on so many of the foods out there to inform those choices. There are so many amazing resources out there, many that I can personally direct you to. It's about acquiring that knowledge, which does take some initial guidance and effort, and then making it second nature, automating it, making it a habit. And a lot of the time we resist this because we think it's going to take a lot of work and effort. But honestly, it isn't as much work as we think. We don't tend to have that much variety in our diets. We tend to rotate the same kinds of foods over and over again. And so when you just take a step back, decide on a new def default, start implementing it, it starts to become second nature pretty quickly. And that's where having the tools and the coaching to bridge the gap between knowledge and application is so, so helpful. And I'm hopeful that a lot of this will eventually become mainstream. This idea of food as medicine, as food programming your biology, has to enter the toolbox of physicians and it has to enter the lunchboxes of the everyday person. It needs to be taught by parents and teachers to kids and by coaches to athletes and by doctors to their patients. You can eat in a way that ends up creating disease, but you can also eat to beat disease. Food is so much more than calories. Food is medicine. Food is the building blocks of who you are. You become what you eat. You become what you listen to. You become what you think. Food isn't just what you do to feed your body. It's what you do to feed your mind. We have to stop thinking about food and diets in terms of calories and weight loss. When we reduce our diets down to those things, we also minimize ourselves because our sense of ourselves and our sense of our bodies becomes so connected to our weight, to these unprecise metrics that don't give us very much information. Clearly, your life's purpose isn't to hit your goal weight or to reach a peak physique, but so many people are living as if it is. If you want to stop struggling with your weight, you need to stop fixating on making your waist circumference smaller and start thinking bigger than the size of your body. When you get focused on what you want instead of obsessing over what you don't want, you will get yourself to where you want to be in your body and in your life. I promise. And if you're ready to explode your life with fresh possibility outside of the reality of struggling with your weight, struggling with all these other things that are connected to that, like being overworked and overstressed and overtired, I hope you'll come work with me one-on-one -on -one in Think Yourself Slim, where we can take all of this to a deeper application. I also have the Genius Body Transformation Challenge kicking off on January 1st. So if you want to lose weight and level up your health without calorie counting, tracking macros, or anything confusing, <laughs> definitely get in on the action. I can't think of a better way of starting the new year than getting a month in and already feeling like a new you, right? The healthiest, happiest version of you. Hit the link in the show notes to join up today. Let's do this. Talk to you all again very soon. Hey, if you're ready to see your body change from the inside out, join the next Genius Body Transformation Challenge. 
30 days that will take the struggle and confusion out of weight loss. It's been known to help people just like you start losing weight in a way that you can actually keep it off. Just click on the link in the show notes and let's start a transformation today.